The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about creating an automated customer journey. And we're going to try and do it without totally ballsing up the start of the episode like we did last week. If you haven't heard that yet, well, I just did because I just bashed my hand on the wall. Uh, if you want to go and listen to that car crash, you can do that. By looking the first last week's six minutes are just a treat. Anyway, um, on with this episode, uh, looking forward, um, we would love to have you come and join us in a free Facebook community that we started to surround the podcast. It's called the Email Marketing Show Community. It's got like, I don't know, thousands of people in it, three and a half, four thousand people in it, something like that. All talking about email marketing, how to apply the stuff they learn on the podcast and uh, in the membership anywhere else uh, to their email marketing. And just some great discussions happening there all the time. Some fun stuff as well. We have a lark about. So just go to Facebook and search for the Email Marketing Show community and you'll be able to hang out with us in there. It's totally free. He does not like caramel-filled chocolate until he eats it. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And the only musical, I'm going to challenge this, he actively does not like is West Side Story. It's Psychological Mind Reader, Kennedy. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say the H-word, aren't you? Uh, no. Oh, what are you going to say? Uh, Fan of the opera. Oh, you're right. I like the music. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do like the music. I just, the show was just shite. What's the H word? Hamilton. Oh, you haven't seen that, though, so you can't no, I've heard the music, it's all just like people blabbering on. I didn't like it till I watched it. I've got a, th- a lot of this going on in me, like. Mm. I didn't like it till I tried it. So what's the crack with um, not liking caramel-filled chocolate until you eat it? So you don't... I I don't understand. So if I I like chocolate, obviously you know this. Anyone who knows me particularly well will know I like a lot of chocolate. A lot. Uh, On your biscuit, so you're going to join our club, aren't you? Yeah, Yeah, there's a little British reference there that nobody else who's not in the UK and over 35 will understand. (laughs) Uh, However... um, if I go to the shop and I'm looking for chocolate, I'll never pick up the caramel-filled chocolate, like caramel-filled buttons or dairy mm. milk caramel. Or mm. I'll never pick those up at all. Oh, you, you make know, like this the gooey caramel inside. I'll never pick those up. I'm the, ca- I'm, the guy, some, I'm the guy who gets caramel in his hot chocolate. Like, I love I love it. I'm the opposite. Yeah. So you, you'll, but, but when I, I do have some, mm. I really, like, if somebody just said, do you want one of these? And I go, oh, I haven't had chocolate for a while. I'll just have one. I'll just have a couple. I'll have them. And I go, oh, I really like those. And then I'll go, I'll return to my normal position of never picking it. Hmm. Wonder why it is. It's the idea of it, maybe more than the. I know that small amount, like more than a small amount of caramel, makes me feel quite sickly. Mm. Mm. No, I, I can I imagine normal that. chocolate, and I, I like imagine. to binge chocolate to the point that I don't want to be sick. So that's why. Well, there hello there, dear listener. We're a stage hypnotist. That's him, and a psychological mind reader. That's me. Turned email marketing geeks who have given, who are giving course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing to be the email marketing hero of your business. That means you make more sales, more predictably, in less time with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. We uh, we give we give course creators, coaches, and membership sites everything they need and some of the stuff they don't need, like random facts about chocolate. <laughs> or you, or anything like that. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player 
We have a brand new episode of the show every single week. It's totally free, which is love creating it for you. So hit subscribe to your podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on it. Rob, that was a really nice time. There's a really lovely post from Sarah Martin in our members Facebook group last week. And I, I would love just to give a high five to Sarah because she's been working really hard inside the league. And um, what she said the other day was just absolutely, absolutely great. And Sarah's interestingly, interestingly representative of a bunch of, of a of a bunch of league members who join their members, they're active and they're passionate. And then for long periods of time, they'll just be doing some other stuff. They won't show up in the group very much. They're just quietly getting on with their stuff, sometimes email, sometimes not. But they know the league is always there for them. And they just suddenly show back up in the membership because they, they go, oh, I've still got my membership. They show up and they just start doing stuff. And Sarah's a great example of that. So Sarah turned up. She did um, uh, ran one of our campaigns called the Time Lord, I think, and then posted in the Facebook group and said, damn, every time I, and I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing, but it was roughly this, every time I do something from the league, every time I implement something that I've learned or, or got from the league, it just makes me more money. And I was like, I love <laughs> yeah. this to the point nature yeah. of that post. So high five to Sarah. Brilliant. Absolutely great. Absolutely great stuff. So um, let's let's have a conversation about these customer journeys and automating our customer journeys as well, you know, like, um, or subscriber journeys, whatever you want to call them. First thing I want to just say um, is, before we get into like whether you can put them onto autopilot and stuff, is I, I was thinking about when we were sort of prepping for this episode, and I actually think a customer journey is probably the wrong term. And uh, yeah. here is out with this. Here is out. Because a customer journey is usually like what everyone thinks of it as like, what's that's what happens when someone joins your email list and blah, 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 blah. Actually, that's not a customer journey. A customer journey is like the buyer's journey, really. It's once they've become a customer. Like um, onboarding and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we're not going to talk about that this this week. What we're going to talk, because we've talked about sort of um, how to get customers to buy more stuff in in previous episodes, right? I think, oh, back on episode number 173, um, we talked about that. So, about getting customers to buy more and more stuff over and over again, which is great, very important. But I think when most people think about a customer journey, they're talking about the journey that gets people to become a customer. So it should really right. become a prospect's journey or a subscriber's journey. And most people think of this um, as as really being the thing that takes people from a stage of awareness, like becoming aware and and just knowing that you have, that you exist and that you have a product or you have a service, and then moving people through to that, uh, cons- that famous consideration stage. Oh, I'm thinking about it. I can see what the things are. I'm aware of it. I'm thinking about it. And then moving into the purchasing stage, that purchase stage. But for me, that really is the prospect's journey rather than the customer's journey. But I think because most people call it the customer journey, I think we're going to have to call it the customer journey, right? Yeah, and I think what would be interesting to, is to unpack, is to take sort of like, you know, um, the, the customer journey chapter from the nvq business studies yes. uh, coursework book and and basically apply email marketing to it so how does it fit in relation to what we do and that kind of thing because that old thing about there's awareness and consideration and purchase it makes you feel a little bit sick in your mouth doesn't it because it's so cliche business like you whenever you hear anything that's the 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 um product market fit like all the stuff that you sort of hear about you've got to have a marketing mix a marketing <laughs> mix yeah, baby. What's he doing? What's he doing over there? He's got a marketing mix. 
<laughs> I think everyone who ever studied business... Did you study business studies at yes, school? Yes, I did, was that yeah, not a yeah. thing in the 1700s? I remember our, our business studies teacher, we had Miss Gilpin and then Mrs. Lowry. Miss and I remember, oh, them, I remember them teaching us those things at school. And I remember wanting to be sick in my mouth. They were great teachers, actually. But I remember wanting to be sick in my mouth about all of those things, the marketing mix. The marketing oh. I hated the... Oh, you've got a show in your... In your, in your you had to do like one of those like, like case study type of things. You're going to build a pretend business about stuff you didn't know about. And it was like, uh, and show us your marketing, marketing mix. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> man. Honestly. Anyway, so awareness, consideration, and purchase is one of those things. But <laughs> it it's is. even though it's an awful phrasing of it and it's so old fashioned and stuff, it does still work. And honestly, it's good for SEO. So we're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about it, but let's apply the, like what we've done with it. Because if you think about it, the customer journey from subscriber to customer or from from stranger to customer is different. If you're like if you're if you like sell, I don't know. Um, if you got injured in an accident, I can help you because I'm a lawyer. Billboards on the side of the road. That's one very specific journey from from stranger to customer. Whereas um, what we have, fortunately, is a very trackable direct response journey from subscriber to customer from stranger to customer using email so let's talk about those three phases Mm. we'll talk about how that applies to email marketing and honestly i think even just unpicking our own thoughts on this will be interesting Uh, totally and i think we'll have a great conversation so that's what we'll do we're going to look at i mean awareness for me um well i mean let's 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 start off with like an example i guess um yeah we'll start with an example of a customer journey so what one of the Big things that I, I always think is when you look at these stages, whether you want to call them the cliche awareness, consideration, purchase stages, is the sort of the handover, is that a good term for it? Uh, the handover between one stage and the next, right? In a lot of traditional sort of customer journeys, as they're sort of mapped out in these um, marketing strategy mark i'm gonna write a marketing plan write your marketing plan we're gonna have that with your marketing mix in it it's gonna be great is they seem to be insular siloed bits don't they you're gonna have this stuff to get awareness which in our world's gonna be like building your email list right and then you're gonna have this stuff which is gonna be the consideration which in our case is gonna be educating your email list right and then you're gonna have these things which are the purchase stage which is actually making sales making direct offers and actually getting the purchase to happen and they seem like very siloed, very separate things. But actually, especially now more than ever, if you, if you close the loop and sort of let somebody know, oh, you're at the end of that phase, that's a really, it's like an open door invitation to like leave the conversation. You never want to have it so that they join your email list and you go, cool, I'll be right back in a bit with a bit of consideration content for you. See you in a minute, chaps. <laughs> like you, you don't do that, do you? I, I think it's the difference between the, what I talked about before about this uh, off the wall example of the you know the big legal billboards that you see all over when we're traveling in America we don't have them here but like can we sue everyone for you we Call don't have le- we don't have legal or we don't have billboards don't have the legal billboards that, yes like, can we sue everyone in the world for you call one eight hundred three now and anyway, that, that um is they've they're advertising in the newspapers and that's a very siloed standalone thing about awareness they're advertising on those billboards but it's a very siloed awareness thing. Likewise, if they do like a editorial piece in a, in a you know, where they're being interviewed somewhere about some big case they've just won, then yeah. that's going to be this consideration phase. But again, it's very separate. Sure, they're all pointing people into like a conversion mechanism, like call this number now, but it's still very standalone. There's no, there's no way that those things are working together. And again, like I get, like you said, I think it's great. We can really, as email marketers and people selling with email, we can merge the attract 
sorry, the awareness into consideration and then consideration into purchase very easily. This attraction into consideration into purchase because we can be talk, we can be queuing. In fact, we do this. We can be queuing people up to buy from words that are on the landing page that gets yes. their email address in, in order to increase the conversions on the next email, on the first email they get. And that's probably one of the reasons that people who are doing really good email marketing and are getting great results is because they are seeding, they're foreshadowing the final outcome, the ultimate destination. As we keep saying, you can't pay the bills, you can't buy the nice stuff with email subscribers. So you have to attract the right email subscribers who are going to buy using the right language going to bring them in. And and for me, the, other, the huge part of this is that people don't don't buy in a linear fashion. This idea of like a, a linear buyer journey, a subscriber journey, a customer journey, is, is it sounds like it's linear. Like they start off here and then they drive to that point and then to that point. But the truth is some people join some people join our email lists. And this is the same for everybody, I'm sure, everyone listening. Every, people join your email list by buying. Like they leap over all of the other stages, they leap over the the growing your list attraction stage and the consideration, hey, we're going to educate you about the problem and, and what, how we can solve the problem. By They've done all of that already, and they leap into your business at buyer stage. So we've got to remember, people are joining at all three stages, and we have and our job is to move them through those stages. That's what this is about. So um, let's look, let's go to some, have a bit of a discussion now about the that attract stage, as it's called in, in the cliche old school business books. And, and for in our world, that is really about growing your email list, right? Yeah, absolutely. And what we're looking to do here is to seek out problem-aware people, people who know that they've got a problem and they stumble across the thing where your lead magnet, your landing page seems to offer something that might that feels like it might be the fix, right? They feel like, actually, if I put my name and email address in here, both immediately through the lead magnet or whatever that is, or the webinar or whatever they're opting in for, and then ongoing with further support by email, this this is a person who can help me. This is somebody who can pay attention. Um, and of course, what we would also say, though, is that the the education bit of the consideration phase has immediately begun. The minute they read something on the landing page, maybe it, it like has a penny drop moment when they suddenly understand something they didn't understand before. By utilizing the lead magnet and reading the emails that surround the lead magnet, the emails that deliver the lead magnet, the welcome campaign that you send out, all of that stuff is part of the consideration phase. Um, all of, And this is the reason why somebody can opt in for a lead magnet now, immediately be made an offer and buy it, right? Because like we said, people can do all of those stages at the same time now. People can can sort of, it's not this linear thing anymore, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean we're pretty much doing it right now, like in a sort of very meta um, inception kind of way. Um, we're here, we're on this podcast, right? Where we, where, where we share our ideas, we have discussions, and we show people what's possible, what they can be doing, give inspiration. And then we show people how to take that learning to the next level, how to make it easier, how to make it quicker for them to get results by joining the email list, joining the free Facebook group, joining the membership. And we will move people from awareness to some people right now, listen to this show, who have just discovered the show. Hello, welcome. You are lovely and much more better looking since joining, uh, listening to the show. And some of those people will hear about our membership, the league and go, do you know what it is? I like those people. I think they can really help me. 
And I need that help right now because I understand how important email marketing is. And they will go from this. They'll go to, they'll jump over to the call to action that we give at the end of every episode and they'll join the league membership. That's what they'll do. So they will leap and they will get from awareness, they found the podcast, into consideration, joining our conversation, listening to it, thinking about what we're talking about here, and leap into the first time they'll actually make contact with us that we're aware of. Because remember, we can't know who's listening to the podcast. They will leap into our business at the point of purchase. That's amazing. And that's also what a lead magnet does. So a person whether you're doing organic reach of your lead magnet or paid reach of your lead magnet, a person's going about their life and they hear about your lead magnet and they see they're now they're at the now they're at that initial stage, now they're at that very first stage of attract. Oh, that's I want to come into your world because that's a problem I want to solve using that lead magnet. Now they're into that stage and now immediately what's the next thing that happens? Well, we're now going to put them through the consideration and purchase stage by educating them by immediately on the next page on that first email, giving them opportunities to leap in. So it's it's really interesting to think about. They can all happen at once. And I don't mean like in very quick succession. Literally, all three of those stages can be happening at the same time. So in, in the world of an automated customer journey, we have to remember that part of the automation has to deal with the fact, and ours didn't when we first started off in business, but it has to deal with the fact that somebody could enter at the final stage, on the top rung of the ladder. Some people join our business by signing up to our email writing agency, our top rung, highest impact, highest touch offer. That happens. Month in, month out. It happens, right? Yeah, So for sure. we're automating this journey, we'll have to make sure that we are set up to allow the people at the beginning stage to also enter at the last stage. Now, not only have we started with this consideration phase thing from, I mean, actually, let's go back even one step further. Let's imagine you're running ads that drive people into your um, into your, uh, into your lead magnet, into your landing page. Ultimately, the ad copy is likely to be quite educational if you do it the way that we like to do it, so that it educates them about the end result and then says the first step to getting this end result is to come in here. They're already coming into this quite educated if you're doing that kind of thing. Anyway, somebody comes into your that your list. We've now started the education process both through the lead magnets itself, through the copy on the landing page, through the copy in those emails. But now we're going to, and some people will immediately buy. That's great. Those people have skipped straight to the purchase phase. Interesting thing about that, which we'll try and circle back to, is of course that once somebody's become a customer, that doesn't mean that they've now completed the three stages and you've and you've won. Like now you have to continue the education phase, the consideration phase, because you've got more shit for them to buy, right? Good shit. But you've got more shit for them to buy. And so that consider it's not like you've that person's completed now, they've killed the final boss, they can go off and uh, you know, like Super Mario and Luigi and celebrate. You've now got the next you've got the next game to start. You've got the next thing to sell. Anyway, this the people who haven't bought though, the consideration phase definitely continues on. And now we're gonna start educating the email list. But this is really critically important in terms of the difference the difference we've made in how we do this. Um what we do is we use email campaigns containing content that will educate the subscriber, it will deal with this consideration phase, but in a way that intentionally moves them towards becoming a customer. And this is so important. It's not the sort of old idea of deliver value to your email list, which for a long time and still even today, um, there's this myth being perpetuated that that means send them loads of articles and blog posts and loads of stuff. 
that over time will make them like you and hopefully one day they'll buy or feel like they should buy from you. I mean, it just overwhelms people, doesn't it? They're just like, okay, right, right now it's what? Not- more stuff to wade through before I can even consider buying from you because I've got to get through all this other stuff first. So we're not sending content for content's sake. There's a little bit of content that's just content. Like, for example, this podcast, we will, not every week, but we'll quite often email our subscribers about the latest podcast episode, for example. But what we're not doing is sending piles of blog posts and articles and content. You you want to scrap this idea of a balance between sending loads of content, you know, even just long written articles in the emails themselves, and then at some point having to switch to paid promotions, right? And one thing to think about when when you're setting out your regular piece of content, so for us with our podcast, even when we're emailing our list, the podcast, we strategically plan the episodes of the podcast because they're also in the consideration phase that hand over to the purchase phase. Like at the end of each episode of the podcast, we will almost always mention you should come and join the membership. So even that is not content for content's sake. Is it valuable? Do people get lots of value from this podcast? Yes. Do we share everything on the podcast? Yes. Do we hold anything back? No. We give everything away on this, but it's all with that in mind of that it's moving people. So even when, so as long as your content is also strategic in that it moves people to the next stage, which if it's content, it's the consideration stage, which means it's to move people to the purchase stage, Right then if you email people just to the content, guess what? It's having the same effect. And actually, just to open up the content can of worms as well, I, just, I thought I had, and we've not discussed this, Rob, but because the way we create the, the podcast, we do it with getting discovered in mind. So we choose topics that we know people are searching for and that kind of thing. The content can also act in some ways as the initial stage, as the as that very first um, uh, uh, discovery attraction, yeah. uh, growing your list stage, can't it? Because that's how it's gonna. People are gonna find it by coming in this way. So again, this one piece of content could actually act as all three stages, and that's why this non-linear thing is so important. So anyway, I'll, uh, I'll let you crack on. But I just thought it was it's quite interesting. I've never really thought about it that way. It's it is interesting for us to consider that. Yeah, so you have that sort of core content like the podcast or blog posts or YouTube videos every week or something that's like permanently there in the background, just sort of waiting for them to realize, oh God, th- these these are the people I need to work with. This is great. Elevating your status, giving you bigger authority. Even if people don't listen to the podcast, the fact you have one or the YouTube channel, the fact you have one is good. Um, and over time, that's great. But running alongside that is this campaign-driven content that's designed to educate people on the need for your thing. So sometimes it's content actually in the emails themselves. So you might tell a story or a case study. Sometimes you might send somebody to a video or to a PDF, and it's the fact that somebody raises their hand to go and consume that content that you then say, oh, that person's interested in that topic. I should sell them this thing, or I should sell them my core offer from this particular angle. And sometimes, honestly, it's just sales material, propaganda, dressed up as content. Like the first... 10 minutes of a sales video might just be content that teaches them some stuff and then transitions and segues into an offer straight away. Again, that deals with consideration and purchase straight away. What we're looking to do with all of this, by the way, with the with all three phases, is to make sure that the business is structured in a way that you have two things. You have long-term nurture and education and sales stuff going on for the people who are a bit slower to move. And then you also give the people who are ready to move very quickly the best chance. If you imagine three lanes of traffic at traffic lights that are on red, and the traffic lights go from red to amber to green, there are three different characteristics you'll see amongst the drivers at the front of those three lanes of traffic. 
One of them will have his foot down and have left the lines before the light has changed from amber to green. The next one will wait until it turns to green and then they'll put the car in gear and then they'll take the handbrake off and then they'll go. The third one will stall the car in a fluster because they didn't notice that the thing had changed to green a minute ago and the cars behind are now honking their horns at them. Mm-hmm. And if you look back at those three things, the one who's gone before the lights turn to green, the one who's ready and timely and then the one who stalls the car we have customers like that too there's customers who are like before you've even said it they just know that they want to buy it me and kennedy are typically with most things that person where we'll go what is it just give me the headline promise okay great do other people think it's good excellent i'll buy it then there's other people who need a lot of time to consider is it as good as they say it's going to be will it work for me are the case studies real Uh, is their hair really that color that they'll put all of this consideration (laughs) stuff before they'll make a purchase. Those are the people who sort of, they're timely enough. They're just taking their time. They're, they're sort of, do, they're an average customer, an average Joe or an average Joanne. And then you've got the people who are really slow. And all of these bits are designed to cater for all of that. You've got for the for the fast green light people, you've got your offer that's as soon as they've opted in, you immediately make them an offer and those people just buy it. And then for the people who need a bit more time and consideration, well, you've got content-driven sales material through your emails and stuff like that to, again, empower that consideration phase. And for the people who are really slow and are going to take their time, and we've got them, we've got customers in our business who've taken three or four, well, three years to become a member of the league, despite the fact they've been in our world since day one. Nothing wrong with that. It's just their style. It's taken them that long for it to become a priority. It's taken that long for it to genuinely be the right thing for them to be focused on in their business. And I guess what you're, um, talk, what you're talking about here is that is that is the purchase stage people hear at this point, right? You're talking about actually how we need to be selling to our email list, and we're gonna. That's why there has to be this handover. Like seeing it as three separate siloed stages just can't work. I don't think it ever worked. Honestly, I think it was a really good thing for business lecturers and teachers. I to think talk it was all about. that was possible at the time too. Yeah, possibly. But I think people still, like, if you're, like, buying a car, like, they would show up and be like, cool, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Like, I still think people leapfrogged through through those different stages. And and let's make sure that when we've got somebody on the journey, they're in, you know, they're on the bus, they're in the train, uh, they're on that flight, where we don't just, like, stop. We want to make sure we keep people in motion. Because people in motion continue to stay in motion. Getting people going in the first place is the hardest bit, as we talked about a number of times, right? So let's remember when we're in this sort of purchasing phase that people, we have to remember that people buy for very different reasons, right? So that's the reason I think that you and I have come up with so many different angles with from which to sell the same thing. So yep. some people like it when they get a discount. So there are some of our campaigns which offer a discount. And there's some of our campaigns were designed that not everybody bought. If every, if everybody was totally 100% motivated by discounts, then every time you put a discount, you just sell a gazillion. So everybody would buy 100% sales. That would be amazing. But it's not the case. Other people buy because there's a bonus. Like our highest converting campaign in, in the business, the Golden Cloak, which again, all of you league members have got access to the full campaign inside the league. That doesn't use a discount. That uses a bonus. And some people are motivated by the fact they're getting something extra and it's not costing them more. 
So that's a really good deal for them. It's just like some people buy because there's a, a reversed risk. Some people buy because um, of social proof or because and other people buy because of social status. There's things like we're a member of. One of the reasons we're a member of a really prestigious mastermind is because of the status of being part of that. There's a lot of other benefits as well, but that's one of the reasons. So you have to go and realize that you, you are like surrounding people with different reasons to buy based on their on their personal situation. There's also slightly less tangible things than that too. So inside the league, some people join because they want all the campaigns and some people join because they want our coaching. And yeah. then so if we if we lead the marketing education bit with talking about the campaigns, that's not going to be of any interest to the coaching people. And if we lead the people who just want our coaching on the calls, they're not going to they're not going to be interested in the in the other way around right so sure. again different different bits of the thing will appeal to different people so sometimes it's not even like you have to dress it up with a bribe or with a bonus or with a discount it's just make sure you talk about the thing from a different angle if you use a case study that is about a florist in Hertfordshire then a florist in Manchester is going to be able to respond to that much more readily than if we keep talking about somebody who sells a membership on the internet yeah people totally. have to, to see those things in terms of like getting down to a practical sense of how do you actually do this, the way we the way we do this in a practical sense is we have a, a campaign that we have running automatically. We set it up, oh my God, two like three years ago probably, something like maybe even longer. Um, in our business. We call it the Tell Me More campaign, right? And literally, this is how we practically do this. So please go and set one of these up. It works an absolute treat. We have it set up so that if someone um is in that sort of consideration stage and they go and check out the league sales page, so our main core Rome offer, X number of times within a short period of time. So for us, it's 60 days. If they go and click on the link and check out the league sales page three times in, in a 60-day rolling period, we know that person has just seen something or is in the process of seeing stuff that's really engaging for them, that's really exciting them. So what we do is we stop them from receiving all of the email, other emails they're getting, and we put them into this sequence of emails. We call it a tell me more campaign, as in tell me more, tell me more from the musical Greece, right? Because they want to know more information that's going to help them make the purchase. All we do is have that set up once so that every subscriber is constantly just being monitored so that if they do that at any point, as soon as they click that third link in 60 days, boom, they're now in the Tell Me More sequence. That is us proactively moving people on, on an automated customer journey from one stage to the next. Without doing that, it's not truly automated. Yes, you can put people through campaigns which move people from a little bit of light understanding into some deep understanding and through pain points and then through wanting to get some kind of gain and then some kind of logical arguments and then through some from some scarcity and some urgency. You can definitely do that. But when you actually truly automate it, you're able to move people from and identify when people are ready to move to the next stage. And they're ready to move when they're showing that highest level of intent. And I think that's a really, really powerful thing. Yeah. And so what we're looking to do here is to make sure, again, that we have this this real um, merge from one thing to the next thing. But, but 
But, but, but and this is really important, it, it calls back to this linear thing, I just want to throw this in, is the fact that also, again, none of this stuff ever ends either. So like, again, somebody can come across your business for the first time today. The only bit that somebody can't easily do over and over again is the awareness bit. Once they're aware of you, they're aware of you, unless they forget and come back right. later. Once they're aware of you, they're aware of you. But once they've done that, the rest of this just keeps happening all the time. So you want to perpetually be keeping people going through the consideration phase with education and stuff like that. You want to perpetually have people in the... Um, in the, the the conversion phase where they actually become a customer, the purchase phase where they can keep buying stuff as well. Uh, this is really, really important that we keep doing this um, and keep this cycle going so that people keep coming around. Um, we want to make sure that we're doing all the things Kennedy talked about, overcoming objections, reversing risk, making this a, a reason to join right now. So let's maybe wrap up this episode with uh, a bunch of stuff to do with like some of the, the best stuff that people can get going in order to implement some of what we talked about. Yeah, I think one of the things that I think people should be doing is looking at this idea that we call vertical versus horizontal email marketing. So a really simple thing you can do, right, to really cater for where people are in their journey with you and with their relationship with you. And that if we're going to make it like a real subscriber relationship math map rather than a customer journey map, like a subscriber relationship map. You're moving people through and deepen that relationship. People join your email list and they might want to overcome a certain problem. So rather than chaining together emails which deal with one problem, then the next problem, then another problem, then another problem, where you're basically guessing at which email is going to hit the problem that they want to solve and hoping that they're going to stay engaged until they get the email that deals with their problem. What you can do, that's called horizontal email marketing. You can do a thing we call vertical email marketing. And that is, they join your email list and you give them a quick survey. Obviously, we founded an email platform called, uh, sorry, a survey platform called, it's called Response Suite because we knew the importance of doing this. That's why we invested so heavily in this platform. Basically, we we send people to a survey that says, look, What's your big problem right now? Is it, give you some examples, is it growing your email list? Is it getting people to buy for the first time? Is it getting existing customers to buy again? Is it increasing your customer value? Is it dealing with unsubscribes and your engagement and your deliverability? Let's say it's those sort of six things, right? When someone chooses one of those things, rather than, let's say they choose growing my email list. Great. We're going to send them straight to the bunch of emails which show them how we can help them to grow their email list rather than them having to go through all the stuff about how to get your emails delivered and how to make your first sale and how to get customers to respond and buy again over and over again. Imagine if you did like three emails about each of those things. That's a lot of emails they've got to get through before they even hear about how to solve the problem they've got, which is growing their email list. Instead, we take them straight there. Okay, just by asking a one question survey, hey, what, what's your biggest challenge right now that you'd like to solve? Oh, I want to grow my email list. Cool. They click that option. Guess what happens? The next page and every email they get from that point on is about helping them to solve that problem with a combination of education, value, and of course, making offers to get people to go from the, that consideration stage into the purchasing stage of our relationship. You also have to realize, I think, that every that nobody is reading all of the emails you send or all of the content. So you have to send more emails just in order to have the impact that you, well, even a fraction of the impact you think you're having. But also it's like a two-step forward, one-step back thing too um, in that because it's not as linear as, we, as we've described, it's not as linear as people think, people are constantly sort of nudging closer and further away from this purchase thing. Like this idea of like, um, of constantly 
oh, oh shall I shall I jump on this? Oh no, actually, I'm just going to take a step back. I'm going to go and study this other thing because you you might you might say something that's actually triggered an objection you did, that they didn't know was there, and now they go off and handle that. And until you handle that objection, they're not going to buy. So there's this two step forward, one step back thing. And so there is a certain amount of send more emails in order to nudge people further along that line and and tell people more and more about your stuff until they eventually make the decision to buy. Plus, this is this is amplified by the fact that people will unsubscribe, zone out, resubscribe over and over and over again before buying. We had somebody send us an email a while ago that I think they thought was a backhanded compliment, but we were like, no, no, that's totally what we expect. Saying, hey, you know, lads, I finally joined the league after a couple of years of being in your world, but actually I've been one foot in and one foot out. I've been subscribing and then in consuming some of your stuff and then realizing, well, actually, it's not quite, I'm, I'm not in the right headspace to do this bit yet. I'm going to, I'm going to leave and they unsubscribe. Because ultimately, if you can, if you're, I and mean, that's what we want people to do. If people are not in the right headspace to consume our stuff, there's no point in them getting our emails and harming their inbox and our deliverability. And then resubscribe, then unsubscribe, then resubscribe, then unsubscribe, then resubscribe like seven times. And I'm finally in the right place and I've joined. And that person's still a member today. So that happens more than you would think. And, and just be totally okay with that. That's part of this, it's part of this non linear journey. Yeah. I mean, you've got to really force yourself to think about this from, their their perspective as a subscriber, haven't you? Rather than thinking about all the things you're going to do at them, you're going to do to them, right? So how do you automate uh, an email marketing customer Because it customer sounds scary, journey? doesn't it, right? With the way we've unpacked it, there's all this stuff yeah. to consider. How do you have all of that happening all the time for all the right people in all the right ways and all the right places? Yeah, yeah. How do you automate this whole thing? So one of the things, that, the way that we do it is we use a thing called a SCORE email engine, S-C-O-R-E. And that's the initials that are the six, uh, five stages, sorry, the five stages of taking people through that automated email marketing customer journey. And basically, it's the, it's the process that happens on autopilot that you set up once years ago, right? Um, from the moment that each person joins your email list to make sure that Every single person is taken care of, no matter what you happen to be doing, when they join your list, what they're up to, and therefore it causes you to create and produce sales in your business every single day. If you would, th- if you're thinking, I'd really like to have my automated email marketing customer journey set up. I'd like to have this score email engine, which means you can make more sales every day without even having to launch another offer, right? If that's something you'd like to do, come check out The League if you're not already in inside. Go to theleaguemembership.com, theleaguemembership.com, and check out all the details and come and join us and we'll get this all set up together. For all of you who are members of The League, get yourself refocused again and, ro- and start continuing to build out this email engine. It is the greatest asset in your business. With that said, let's go to this week's... Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. What you got? It's can we buy you a coffee and then the little coffee cup emoji. Uh, this works really well if you take anything that's a sort of commonly said expression off offline and then apply it online to a place that doesn't make any sense. Like how can this guy who I don't know, these guys who I don't know, but I subscribe to and I quite like their emails and sometimes like their podcast. How, how can they buy me a coffee? Um it, it, it takes a thing out of context and makes it weird. It's a different type of curiosity. It's the sort of, this doesn't make any sense, so I want to find out what's behind the curtain here um, type expression. So can we buy you a coffee and a coffee cup? But again, the theory is just take anything you would say to somebody in real life or somebody that you know quite well and apply it to your subscribers. 
Love it. Subject, subject line, line of the week. week. Subject line, line of, of the week. week. Thank you so much for listening to the whole show this week. It's been a bit, a bit of a longer episode. We went into some considerable deep, uh, detail on this automated customer journey thing. We we'll hope you enjoyed it. Let us know that you did. Hit subscribe on your podcast player. If you want to share your thoughts, share the fact you've been listening to the show, make sure to tag us on Instagram at Rob and Kennedy. And we'll see you all next week when we'll do it all again with a brand new episode.